Do I introduce these? I think so. All right. That's how we usually do it. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips, brought to you by the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. I'm here with my... Can you be my consigulary for Tuesday Tips? Yeah, I can be. Consigulary. Yeah. There's no N in consigulary. Sorry, I still haven't seen the movie. You're, I'm you're, here with the, the one and only Luke Cox. We're talking tips. We're, we're moving forward. We got this man on the tips train, and we're talking uh, failure, which both of yeah. us are steeped in. Yep. I've always joked that if I ever write a book, it'll be called Constant Failure. But we're going to be talking about failure specifically as it relates to hunting and using failure as a learning tool in your hunting to learn and grow. Yeah. And lucky for you listeners, we do have a lot of examples of where we have failed in hunting. So (laughs) probably more than we've succeeded. Yeah, man. So where do you want to start? That one trip? You got one in mind? Do it. (laughs) I, I don't know. Do you want to start with that one trip where we both screwed up? Uh, yeah, that's probably a good place. I have two that really stick out. Uh, okay. And then there's probably a bunch of little anecdotes we can use. So yeah, let's start off with it was we'll set the set the stage. And a lot of you guys that have been longtime listeners and listened to a lot of this have heard these stories in some former fashion during recaps. But we're going to try to narrow it into the relation of what we're talking about. But we were in Wyoming two years ago, kind of central uh, area hunting, uh, mule deer and Carter and I both had a lot of heartbreak that, that hunt. It was not a great hunt. It was good for a lot of experiences and a lot of lessons learned and hell of a time in camp, but there was a lot of heartbreak and failure. So why don't you start us off Carter? Well, we were actually really close to having the, the hunting trip of a lifetime, like, like degrees away from success across the board from, 75% plus success out of our group of five, Um, which is like, you got to manage your expectations going into these hunts. I think with my first Western hunt, I was successful right off the bat. Um, And that may have played a factor going forward being like, oh yeah, like just go out there, you find a deer, you shoot it and you know, it's all good. And that was not the case. We got our asses kicked this go around. But I think my first tip before we get to like the serious stuff, well, I guess it is pretty serious for me, but like my first tip, and you've heard Luke say this a million times and I've probably said it, but my gear management has gotten so much better, exponentially better than it was on that trip because it became very apparent to me how like how sloppy <laughs> I was mostly because of Luke's ridicule, but, uh, <laughs> my, my gear was just everywhere. Right. And that's probably my first tip is like one, you're probably bringing too much gear, which I definitely was on my first couple trips. I brought shit. And actually you taught me this, this trick, Luke, like after your trip is over, take an inventory of all your gear, whatever you didn't touch, get rid of it. Right. That's not in the packing list anymore. Other than like, you know, your tourniquet or like, whatever your extra bullets, stuff like that, that you're going to need. But, uh, you know, taking inventory after your trip, that stuff doesn't need to be in the packing list anymore. And that helped me immensely to go into, you know, this Montana trip that I did last, last time, last November, much lighter, much less gear explosion everywhere. Um, and much more organized. So like staying organized in my sleeping quarters is a real struggle for me. Um, because I just like throw shit everywhere and it's just like a 
gypsy camp disaster. And working on that has made an exponential difference in my, in my hunting career, because I'm able to get up and get ready faster, which makes a huge difference, if, especially if you're hunting in groups. Um, you never want to be the guy everybody's waiting on. Um, always know where my tag is. Always know, always know where my extra bullets are. I always know whatever extra pair of socks. Like I know where all that shit is cause it's all laid out now. And so that was the biggest learning hurdle, I think. Um, or lesson learned, I guess, from that trip is gear management. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, there's a bunch of little tips and tricks. We talked about it not, not too long ago on one of the tips, um, some of the specifics. But, you know, one, you talk about your sleeping quarters. I, I had learned this uh, lesson the hard way, man. When I was a young infantry officer in the the infantry officers course, like you're always losing like headlamps and a glove and like, you know, cause you're usually you're they're throwing arty sims at us and we got to like break down our patrol base and the, there's just gypsy shit everywhere, dude. It's a disaster, right? The whole platoon running away and like there's shit. It's just, it's bad. And so like, I got tired of having to go and buy this stuff. It's like one of the things, and I do it with my, my patrol cover in the army, but I do it with my ball cap, whatever hat I'm wearing <clears throat> is at night, like, all my shit from my pockets, my headlamp, all that goes right next to my head with all my little pocket knife and, you know, maybe my AirPods, like whatever, all that's right there. Belt gets wrapped up right there. And then I change my drawers, whore bath, wipe down with everything, put my clothes, I sleep in, you know, my base layers usually, and then no socks. And then the socks, everything I need is laid out. Boots are sitting there. Everything's next to me. So then, yeah, in the morning I can wake up. Plus I hate being cold, you know, that like initial get out of your bag. I want all my shit ready. So I'm not dig it around for it, put everything on and then roll. So just being organized. I'm not an organized person by, by nature. It's something I've had to learn through a lot of hardship and a lot of replacing shit. So like, you know, and I think the, the broader, you know, macro level lesson from all this is like constantly reevaluate what you're doing. And like, it's the learning from the failure. So like, don't just continue to make those same mistakes is get incrementally better every single time. Right. Is like, if you're like, for instance, like my first Wyoming hunt, I was so bad. Or my first Western hunt with my tags. Like, Carl will tell you, I forgot my tags so many times because I was so used to having it on my cell phone. And so immediately when I got back from that hunt, I bought like a little badge protector that hangs around your neck with a lanyard. And it's got a little spot to put like a pin so I can have a marker to mark the tag and put zip ties in it. It's actually really nifty. It's so like my tags are always in there. And it's just like like that one little increment ch- incremental change. I've never lost the tag again. So I know exactly where it is. And I can lanyard it onto my belt into my pocket. I can't drop it. It's like little shit like that. It's, it, you know, the tips are good, but it's really about always reassessing and reevaluating. Because like I'll fast forward to the heartbreak and the tragedy of this entire hunt for me. And then Carter can tell his is, like I said, you guys have heard this, but Long story short, mule deer, buck, like this is a unit that is, it is an opportunity unit. It's anything with four horns is really fair game. Even spikes, like I would have been happy with a spike both years I was there because it's just, it's so highly pressured and it's very checkerboard on the public. And since majority private, there's still some good chunks of public, but they're just very heavily pressured. So most of the good deer get pushed to the private and they know they'll sit right on the border. So you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And I, I went through and I was I'm really in the off season been trying to work and put up a lot of time in learning mule deer's behavior and habitat, bedding hat patterns. And I'd done some really good analysis through Onyx and like my knowledge of the area from the year before, put myself in a really good position to jump shoot a buck from a pretty hellacious canyon. And I missed, and it was a really nice four by four. Muley. And I thought I just, you know, the first one was I didn't flip the safety off when I went to sh- shoot. 
flipped the safety off. It was a little frantic, threw the scope up again, took a shot at the back of its neck because I was going to try, try to shoot at the base of the neck at that point. <clears throat> I missed, luckily completely didn't wound it. And it was just like a disaster though. And I, I didn't know what happened. Well, then fast forward, I had a mule deer tag and a uh, antelope tag. Like three days left in the hunt, I think. I had a shot on antelope doe. I decided to burn my tag because the unit that I was in was not great. And it was late in the season. So everything was pushed off of off the public. And uh, there wasn't a ton of public in that unit anyways. And I missed. And I was like, what the hell? It was like at distance. I was at like, I think 270 something off the bipod. Like that's not normal. I low crawled forward, got to like 180, missed again. Low crawled again, got to 120, hit her. And like, long story short, hit her high, a bunch of shit happened. I was out of bullets. Carter came up. I pushed her off into some private and he ain't brought me his rifle. And it was just a, like, I didn't want to go, like I was already on the private. Technically I was trespassing, but I, I just really, really wanted to not lose this animal. And I ended up just backing out because, you know, we weren't too far under the private. We just gone a little bit, just be able to see over the ridgeline. And like, I had to back out and lose this, this antelope. And like, come to find out, <clears throat> I had bumped my scope, hit the turrets and shot the elevation straight up. I was shooting super high. That's why I missed the buck. And it's why I wounded that antelope. And it was just a disaster. And I felt sick to my stomach and it was a lot of money too. And like the whole thing, I ended up like packing it up at that point. Like I just did not feel like continuing to hunt for that, that hunt. I hunted later in the season, but it was just like all these little mistakes that I made along the way, you know, like one, like after the second shot, when I know that if I'm not going to miss twice, like I might miss once, but I'm not going to miss twice off a of bipod. I probably should have been like, something's wrong here and probably like figured something out. But I just let the tunnel vision get a hold of me. I didn't go that extra mile and actually install my zero stays, my zero stops in my turrets, right? Like I should have off my zero and like just little th incremental things just like really add up and they fucking crippled me. And I ended up having almost, you know, a two for two tag on a, pretty hard to hunt public unit in Wyoming, you know, and that's like really hunting is a game of inches and you have to get incrementally better because the incremental mistakes will cost you fucking huge on, on animals. And yeah, there's a lot of great lessons learned. And I thought I did everything right. Cause I brought two rifles, my one rifle, I was having issues with the rounds patterning and I confirmed zero. And so I grabbed my second rifle and I was stacking rounds on top of each other. Two inches. I had a hundred. I thought I was golden and I just was, you know, I made a mistake. I bumped it somehow. And it was rough, rough. Yeah, it's really easy on those hunts too to bump scopes and that kind of shit. Getting out of in and out of trucks and in and out of tents and rifles get knocked down in the dark and all that sort of stuff, man. And shit like that happens, and it sucks. And you know, my situation was somewhat similar. And listeners may have heard me talk about this before, but I wounded a nice buck um on the second to last day and did not recover it didn't get it back just ran off and disappeared into the great unknown um and anybody who's wounded an animal and not recovered it knows that is the worst that is the worst feeling in the world i it was terrible i hated it um and uh you know apart from right wasting the resource i don't think i uh mortally wounded it i think it ran off it was probably fine those mule deer tough as shit maybe we'll be back there one day um but even if i did right um i took a rushed shot off an unstable 
you know, shooting position. I had my bipod up on my backpack trying to get over some sagebrush. And it was a very frantic kind of stalk where I was like, we need to go now. We need to go now, now or never. And the pressure um, of the hunt, I let that get to me very easily uh, where I get worried if animals aren't going down on the ground, the closer we get to the end. Whereas, you know, I need to remind myself like, Hey, this is fun. Like you're out here with your buddies uh, in like this beautiful place. Enjoy it a little bit. Right. Don't put so much pressure on, don't covet killing that animal so badly that you're going to rush a shot and wound that thing. Right. Cause that's, that's not why we're out there. Um, and that's exactly what I, what I did rush the situation. Deer definitely knew we were there, like shot off a terrible shooting position and it, it donkey kicked just like I freaking smacked it. And, uh, we never found it and it was gone, gone, gone. Like we've mentioned, there's tons of private ranches out there and never getting that thing back. Um, so a lot of lessons we're learning there. Um, but I think my biggest lesson other than like, Hey, remember like maintain the fun, right? The fun has to be there. Don't covet killing that animal so badly above everything else. Um, I kind of got pretty down on myself and, um, was definitely like down in camp and then you can, you can feel that, right. You project that on to everybody in camp and that's like totally not fair. Um, so being aware of like your, it's weird to say like, you're like, not your energy. I don't like that, but like your demeanor, your yeah. I mean, energies. Yeah, dude, I'm, me and you could have freaking, you know, <laughs> we should have made a clown cry. We, yeah, dude, that's, that's <laughs> why I left too. I was like, I just, I'm just, I'm going back to see my kid like at a yeah. newborn at the time. Like I yeah. was, we both were, I mean, we were both pouting like little bitches, <laughs> you know? I mean, I was sick to my stomach, man. I think I was just yeah. quiet and it was there, those guys first Western hunt. And I like, I feel even or almost as bad, maybe detracting from their experience because I was so down about, about it. Right. And I was like, quote unquote, the experienced one. So like definitely should not have been doing that, man. Like, yeah, I think it's normal though. Right. And like, there's a way you could put on a good face and we probably let it get to us a little too much. Cause I mean, I did too. I felt nauseous, you know, I, I still think about that antelope cause like that antelope probably didn't live and it probably didn't die a good way. Right. It probably got eaten alive by fucking coyotes. Like, and that's, that sucks, you know, like to know, like it's one thing, like, it's, it's part of hunting is going to happen. It just sucks. You know, like you want to kill the animals the way that we want to, which is quick one shot lethal. And when, when it's our fault because we were careless or we were rushed or we didn't, we neglected to do something like, but the whole point of this is not to consi- to sit here. And the whole point of this tip is to not wallow in the fact that you made a mistake. Yeah. It's to drive on, to accept it and to realize, Hey, you know, there's a couple things I should have done. I did a bunch of things right. And I did one or two things wrong and that cost me. And that's, that's all that matters. And then, you know, there's things that we can do to, to fix it. Like, you know, that's one of the reasons at our mountain fitness challenge that we do at math. It's with uh, archery, not with rifles, but you know, it's stress inoculation. Yeah. You're jacking your heart rate up and now you've got to go take shots under pressure with a guy next to you taking shots. And you're trying to see who shoots better. And with a crowd of people watching, you know, like there's some stress there and it's hard to simulate 
you know, it's not just like there's some guys commenting on social media and shit. It's like, I've never, I've never done burpees before I shit a deer. It's like, yeah, but your fucking adrenaline spikes, right? And your heart rate spikes and you start having a, a whole, you know, dump of all these hormones going off at once, big histamine dump. And like, it's, it's a very similar type thing is where you have to regulate your breathing. You have to know, and the more you do it, it's like you can get into cold water and the first time you ever do it, you're breathing goes out of whack but if you do it a bunch you can regulate your breathing better so stress inoculation is a real thing and so like in, in your situation carter like, like you've done it and you do it and like it, that's that's just what you need to do is revisit the things that you failed at and think about it and then go fix it yeah because i carried that back i guess like the biggest learning tip for me from this i carried that back to georgia with me to like regular season whitetail because we came back and it was the beginning of the rut in georgia and i ended up shooting the biggest buck i've ever killed a week after that happened and i was immediate i immediately after i pulled the trigger well i passed on several bucks that week afterwards because i was so nervous about doing that again I was just in my head. I was like, you're going to wound this thing, right? You know, back home in Georgia, making a shot that I could make with both eyes closed, less than a hundred yards. You know what I mean? Like in your lap kind of thing. And as soon as I shot that big buck, I was like, you wounded it. You're never going to find it again. You know, when it ran off and crashes through the thicket out of sight, hunting up there. And I was like, dude, you just did it again, man. And so like being aware of, kind of your, your, you know, where your mind's at based on your, your prior experiences. You can't, you can't carry that with you, man. And so what I did to get over that, the, the buck was dead less than 40 yards away. Right. But I immediately, like <laughs> I called a tracking dog and I called my buddy Spencer and I was like, get up here. We got to find this thing. Like this is a disaster and uh, ended up recovering it. But what I did to, I guess, get over that feeling because it stuck with me the rest of the season was now I've been shoot. I, I shoot more than I ever had before. Um, just practice, practice, practice. And that has helped my confidence get back to where it is now. So that was the one thing I did, which is like a fucking easy tip, but like I am very deliberate about it now and we'll go way out of my way, even just to go shoot, you know, three rounds out of a cold barrel um, and then go back home. Um, I think those repetitions and that practice has helped immensely uh, when it's been game time since then, like in Hawaii and Montana and places like that. Um, so there's not second guessing when the seconds matter. Yeah, re- repetitive action will breed that confidence, you know, and like doing it time and time to where you know without a shadow of a doubt. And then it's trusting your gear, taking care of your gear and checking your gear. You know, that's the other piece of it. And that's what I didn't do by not installing those zero stops because then I could have confirmed right before I started the hunt that I was set where I needed to be. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, you got to fix that. I mean, that season for me, I was inches from having a incredible season across the board. I mean, I missed, like I didn't, I killed one white tailed doe that season and I was closer to bigger animals than I've ever been in my life. Uh, 10 point, buck that my that evan killed last year he dropped off way he was super old he was very very old i think evan's getting him aged but um i would have killed him in his peak and i had him at 23 yards and i was in a saddle 
he come he ended up coming uh, he came the direction that I thought he was going to go but he ended up coming lower than me probably 70 meters and then actually Jay hooked up and around and I positioned he's talking about like doing everything right right I positioned myself in the perfect spot with where the wind and the thermal were to where he wouldn't have been able to smell me, smell me except from one spot because of how the wind was and so then he actually ended up Jay hooking all the way around me coming back up the ridge walking down a trail and I had him at 23 yards he took a step his head was in front of a sapling so his eyes were and so i went to go back to draw and as soon as he cleared that sapling i was going to be able to kill him at 17 yards yeah and i didn't tighten my fucking platform on my saddle enough and it shifted ever so slightly when i twisted to draw back and and he fucking bolted you know and it was just like oh my god you know like the biggest buck i would have ever killed and it would be my first buck with a bow. And it was just like one of those moments where like I literally almost dropped my bow. I just like slumped in the saddle and was just like, oh, my God. I've never been that close to a fucking nice deer. I don't think, I mean, I've been close to that close to does, but like never a buck. And like it was just incredible. And I screwed it up, you know, it was like game inches. And then I had another one. This one wasn't, I mean, I should have known, I guess, to your research. I was antelope hunting and I could have killed a five by five nice bull elk in a planes unit. I didn't realize there was an over the counter planes tag in Colorado that you can buy at any time. That was stupid. <laughs> so like all you can do with a season like that though, is like take all the lessons because I mean, I probably went on 40 antelope stocks with the muzzleloader. I missed one, didn't take a shot on another that I should have. It's just experience, man. And you can't replicate that. Like you have to get out there. You have to fail because those are the lessons that you learn and you just got to take like mental notes and maybe physical notes if that's how your brain works and revisit it and fix those deficiencies and just get better and better as you go season after season. Yeah, man. Hunting is failure. And if your hunting season or career is not failure, then you're Cole Reed and you're a son of a bitch. But for everybody else, man, like, or maybe Evan with his horseshoe stuck up his ass, man. But hunting has to be failure and learning from those mistakes is how we progress and how we get better. So that's it, man. No, that's, that's good stuff for sure. Learn, just keep learning. It never stops. Nobody knows it all. There's always something to learn. And then just always reevaluate, reassess, check your gear, double check, do the legwork on the front end preparation and repetitive action is going to breed that confidence. Hell yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for us uh, this week, man. Thanks for jumping on and listeners. As always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. We'll talk to you next week.